everybody. Welcome to Inside Situation, a bi-weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having in the agency. My name is Peter Gijicic. I am the head of technology at Situation. And today I have two brand spanking new podcast guests uh, with us. We've got Katrin Jean, uh, Senior Account Executive. Hello, Katrin. Hi there. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. So glad you're here. And we have Randy Fields, our, one of our Senior Interactive Producers. Hello, Randy. Hi, Peter. Welcome. Hi. I'm so glad <laughs> to have you guys here today um, because I think our topic of conversation for today is all about communication and how we communicate internally with each other as an agency and how we talk to our clients, uh, how we communicate uh, to vendors. And, and, you know, it's such a huge and crucial topic. It's something that we all uh, have our styles, have our methods, have our tool, our favorite tools of how to communicate. And uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without it, without those tools. And it's changing. It's changing all the time, uh, you know, between email and instant message and text and uh, uh, things like Slack, you know, there, we're constantly evolving the way that we communicate with each other. And I think there are some uh, positive elements to kind of, cha- you know, these new tools that we use. And there's definitely some downsides. I think there's nobody in the world who doesn't think they get too many emails still or, you know, think of email in a certain way. So I really wanted to talk to both of you uh, because you you live and die by the way that you communicate. Randy, you as as part of our project management team, inter- senior interactive producer, you are, uh, can you talk a little bit about what, how important communicating with the team is to you to do to your job? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely the most important part of my job, actually, is to be a good communicator and find the right tools to do that, especially we have uh, developers that work offsite. So, you know, to be able to communicate to a wide group of people that are not always physically in the same space. Um, it's just super important and a big part of sort of moving projects forward, which is my whole job is to really just Mm -hmm. do that. Uh, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of great tools out there, as you were saying. And I think overall, I, I have a like positive relationship with all of those tools, uh, because of all the different people that I work with and just the wide, like all the different, uh, parts of a project that I need to communicate to different people, but also at the same time so that I'm not uh, finding different ways to communicate the same thing to different people. Well, I I imagine there's also a level of detail with what you're communicating. You have so much information that you have to get shuffled between different parties that, that, you know, the only place that that can live is, is in these digital systems that we use to communicate. Right. Although, you know, they live in that system, but then, there's times when we have to sort of have those face-to-face conversations to go through it or make sure people have the right or time to look at that stuff. Because sometimes I'm sending emails and diary notes and Slack notifications and all these things, different people, and I'm assuming they're reading them. But that's the hardest part, too, of the job is communicating without really knowing who's listening. Right. Well, and, and you you kind of talked about the importance of that face-to-face. How do you – what are some of the the – tactics you use for the people that aren't physically here when you need to have that face-to-face with them? Sure. We use Google Hangout a lot uh, to sort of see someone, which is really helpful just to like get a sense of how they're, you know, processing information, but also so we can do screen sharing. We also use Slack, which I know you mentioned before, which is mostly 
to communicate via messages, but you can also use it to now call people, which is great. And it's a nice way to not sort of have to pick up the phone. You kind of do it all through the computer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those tools have been really helpful. But yeah, there's still sometimes when we're probably communicating via Slack messaging and we're going through things for like 15 minutes where someone might then be like, oh, wait, we should just talk this through. You know, it gets to a point in a conversation when you're realizing I should just pick up the phone and talk to this person. Right. Uh, So those are two big ones with like face to face with people that are not here is Google Hangout and Slack. And and for for people who've never used Google Hangout, you actually that uses the video camera on somebody's computer. You actually do video conferencing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing face to face. Yeah. And we use that in our meetings a lot, too, when we want someone to feel a part of the meeting. So Google Hangouts. Well, and that technology's really come a long way. I think it's finally matured uh, with the, you know, everything that we own having a camera on it. I remember in the very early days of video conferencing, when, uh, you know, it used to be a thing that lived in one conference room, if your company had it, not you, you had to have very specific people that you were trying to call on the other end. And then half the time it didn't work or more than half the time it yeah. didn't work. And it still, it still doesn't work sometimes today, but I think it's a lot more reliable than it ever has been. Yeah. You get that frozen moment where somebody's face is a, like mouth is open <laughs> in a weird way. And you're like, that's attractive. There's a really great commercial on right now for, uh, I think it's for Verizon, but it's, uh, they 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 got the actors from 30 Rock to kind of do a spoof on like when your streaming internet doesn't work very well and like all their faces get distorted. It's hysterical. Uh, Katrin, you, uh, you know, working on the client side, you have uh, a lot of communication that's important in your day to day. Not as much. Well, you, I'm not going to say you don't have a lot of internal communication. I know you do. But you also have that extra added burden of communicating with clients. How important is face-to-face, uh, in-person or voice-to-voice communication versus digital communication for from an account services perspective? Uh, extremely important. I think um, the biggest part of my job is establishing relationships with those clients. And so you can't just, I mean, I guess you could have just a digital relationship, but it really doesn't get you the depth of relationship that you're looking for so that people really trust you and believe what you're saying and, you know, believe you have your, their best interests in mind. So that face-to-face uh, communication is key to sort of just, especially when you're first meeting a client for the beginning, if you're establishing a new relationship so they know who you are so that when they get emails from you, they have like a picture of who's sending the email. Um, but on for my clients, I try to speak to them voice-to-voice if I don't see them face-to-face uh, once a week. And for any clients who aren't listening right now and I haven't called you yet, you will be getting a phone call from me probably. Um, but I do find that if there's a moment where I have, you know, kind of a, even if it's a quick, I know it'll be a minute phone call, but just to have that voice to voice, like I'm thinking of you, we're talking in real time, not just like I shot you an email and then walked away and got lunch or something. It's, it's like that moment to take that relationship and build on it a little bit with either face to face or voice to voice, which I don't think are interchangeable. But um, if you can't see somebody in person, I think it is important to call them and have, you know, hash something out because um, you can be done over email, but you can some things get, you know, lost in translation or it takes right. too long or they don't respond right away. And then the situation has changed. And so I, I do try and I encourage those people that I work with on the client services team to take those moments um, and call somebody. There are have been frequent examples that I can think of, and I won't name names where I say, oh, to somebody else, a junior on the team, just just call the client and ask them that question. And they sort of look at me like a deer in the headlights, like they right. have to answer, pick up the phone <laughs> and call someone. And I'm like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> It'll be 30 seconds. And then you'll have your answer versus an email. And then four hours later, you have your answer. So sometimes I, I, or I do try to encourage that, especially when you're you know training younger people to, to develop those, those kinds of relationship building skills. Yeah, I, I well, I do want to talk about that a little bit, the, the kind of generational difference, because I really think mm-hmm. there is, I think it's distinct. I, I 
there's a great podcast I listen to called Still Buffering. Uh, that it's these these three sisters, one of whom's a teenager and two of whom are kind of older adults in their 20s and 30s, and they talk about the, the generational divide. And one of the things in one of the episodes I listened to recently was how younger people, teenagers, early 20-somethings, absolutely the phone is the communication method of last resort. Mm-hmm. They absolutely, exactly like you said, it's a deer in the headlights. And I really... Uh, I think that's troubling. I th- well, especially in, you know, for our industry, because I agree with you both, it is so sometimes you just have to have that face to face. You have to hear somebody's tone. You have to communicate with them. What What is that going to be like when, you know, uh, the majority of the people in the workplace have grown up thinking, oh, my God, I'm afraid of the phone. I'm afraid of the phone call. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I hope it never gets there because I do think it is it is valuable to have that, like I said, voice to voice, just having that chat. Um, hopefully people can sort of train themselves out of it. And I get it might be a little uncomfortable in the beginning, sort of developing that skill. But I just, there's no replacement for that real-time conversation, be it in in person or on the phone. I guess I am sort of counts because I feel like, I mean, Randy and I chat on I am a lot. Um, but that's still not as good as me just going over and chatting to her about something in person. Well, I I think, you know, in thinking about why that is, I think that's the one uh, in person or on the phone. That's the one time when you can really tell if somebody's got your attention. Absolutely. If you're if you're emailing or linking or slacking or any of these other things, you know, I'll I'll there are times where it takes me like four hours to compose an email of three lines, but it's just because I'm doing it and coming back to it. But I can't do that if I'm in the room with somebody or if I'm on the phone with them. Or if I do, they can tell and they can be like, "Hey, are you doing yeah. something else right now, or do I have your full attention?" Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something so important when I think about what it is that gets done with those one-on-one conversations. It's typically the higher level stuff or the let's talk big picture. Let's think about, uh, you know, it's it's not always detail oriented, but it is very important to know that you've got everybody's attention. Absolutely. Yeah. And we do, um, unless we have to do like a video conference or something with a client, um, we do all of our pitching and, you know, big moments, discussions or big strategy things in person. Um, you know, whether it's a pre-planned, let's have a big chat about, you know, Q1, Q2 planning, or if it's a, hey, we have this great idea for you. We want to just, you know, take you through it. Um, and I think it is what you said about having their full attention versus they could be doing a multitude of other things. You know, you're just one email in their inbox and you have no idea what that their inbox looks like. There could be, you know, 17 fires in there and you're just sort of there next to all of that and, and not getting the attention that you need. Um, but I think, and I think that's, that's why I think voice to voice and in person will, you know, continue to live on, even though as we get more digital, because you do need those moments of, okay, we're all on the same place. We're on the same page. We're talking about the same thing. We're all in agreement. And now, you know, go team, we can go off and do whatever we need from here. Randy, we're, we're about to go into uh, our developer meeting today mm-hmm. where we do have our remote developers on the screen we're, we're seeing we're looking them eye to eye sure, and yeah. you know when we first started doing that more frequently I have to admit I was a little skeptical but now I can't imagine doing those meetings any other way I think it is really important what do you get out of being able to see the faces of the people you're talking to once a week well it's funny because I was thinking of course face to face and voice to voice that's really valuable but where I differ and maybe we're all on the same page about this, is where I like, though, after having that conversation, an email follow-up or some kind of notes distributed. Because I do find that I have conversations with people and there's great ideas being bounced around, but then there's no real next steps Mm -hmm. or something not recorded in a way that then a week later we remember what we talked about. 
Um, and I feel like we get into trouble a lot where we have these important conversations, which are great to hash out in person. And but nobody then writes anything no down. No one writes anything down, especially like <laughs> estimates. Someone's like, you told me that cost $20,000. I was like, oh my gosh, I did? You know, like, <laughs> we get into tr- trouble that way. Not trouble, trouble, but like run into issues and have to figure things out. Um, but of course, though, I do think like a development meeting, sort of going through current issues or talking through projects is just really helpful, especially for Jeremy and Ivan, who are not here, to feel like they're part of the team. I think, I mean, it is very valuable for us to see them, but I think it's probably much more valuable for them to feel a part of the team and have those moments and uh, for us to, to physically be able to see where they're working and vice versa. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And, and I th- so I, I agree with everything you said about kind of that accountability of digital systems. So, yeah. so let, let's talk, okay, the, the elephant in the room, the thing we all love to hate, email. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you do your jobs without email? No. That's a definitive no I'd from Katrin. No. That's a definitive no from Randy. Uh, I tend to agree. I don't think I could. Well, and yet, and yet there was a time. I know. And I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, like bad men, they didn't have email. No. And I, I mean, obviously there's email because there's the internet, a head situation. So, but, (laughs) uh, I, I guess I could do it. It would be infinitely more difficult because I think, uh, to your point, Randy, about follow-up and documentation of things and, you know, even just like sending assets or, you know, whatever, that, that's a, you know, a, a service or a process that you can use to get that done. Um, and, and I, to your point of sending notes afterwards, I frequently follow up and say with clients, thanks for that chat just now, as we discussed, here's what we're moving forward with and, you know, confirming so that you have like a record of what you talked about. I think that's one really good use of it. Um, I think another really good use of email is keeping track of sort of ongoing or conversations or keeping a lot of people in the loop. And I'm a firm believer that if you are in the CC line, you should not respond. Mm-hmm. Not everyone believes that, but <laughs> I, I that. like I try to, you know, I only, I'm only talking to the people in the two line, but if you're CC'd, I want you to know this conversation is happening. So it's really useful for, you know, keeping a lot of people in the loop about something, a big project that they sort of need to know about, but they're not intrinsically involved with perhaps, or even if we're sending like, here's our agenda for the meeting. So everyone knows what's going to be discussed or, you know, sending a deck for a client meeting or talking with the other agencies that we work very closely with, um, keeping all of their teams in the loop about what our plans are. So that we're all on the same page. So I think it's a very, um, it's a good tool for that. I also believe that email is not meant to be an instant form of communication. Like, if you want me right now, call me. Mm -hmm. If you want me to look at something and eventually respond, send me an email. And eventually, I know is like a sticky word because it could be (laughs) in two hours and it could be in two days. And we've had lots of conversations on the account team is like, what does ASAP mean versus immediately versus right Right. now? And everyone has a different definition of what those things mean. Um, But I firmly believe that email is not an immediate form of communication. That said, I do respond to my email pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like all my coworkers and clients know that if you actually really need me, call me and I will be there. Um, But yeah, I think for all those reasons, I definitely could not do my job as it stands right now without email, because it, it's a form of communication, documentation, um, and like asset, like sending. Right. And yeah. And again, it goes back to accountability. It's, you know, I, I, a big use of email for me is just going back and, and saying, okay, what were the details of that? Like exactly. I search my email. So it is oh, all the time. a part of my brain. If, mm-hmm. and if, you know, when you don't have that, you're like, oh, I don't remember anything. It's kind of like how we have phone numbers programmed into our phone now and nobody knows anybody's phone number. 
Oh, yeah. I probably couldn't tell you my boyfriend's phone number right now, <laughs> which is sad, I know, but it's probably true. Uh, so you, you mentioned the, the kind of ASAP, if you need to get a hold of me, call me. Does that, does that also hold true for text messages? You know, how mm. do, you, do, you, do you treat those slightly differently? Is a phone call the top urgency and a text message slightly less than email third? Or how would you rank them? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Um, yes, I would say phone call. If you're calling me, you, you want to speak to me right. now. There's some reason. Um, if I guess a text message too, I respond to those pretty quickly. None of my t- clients text message me though. So um, just thinking about like client, it's definitely phone call. Um, like as a client, emails also sort of get more priority in my inbox. If I see something come in, I'm going to look at that first versus an email internally just to see if there's anything that I need to address. Um, but like I said, I mean, email is still very top priority. I mean, we're always checking email after hours and on the weekends I'm checking in to make sure everything's all good. Um, but yeah, definitely. And I like to function that way. Like I like if you need me, call me. I will be there. Um, email could be could be a slight delay. So don't like be refreshing your email and like I may not be responding right away because I'm off at a meeting or I'm at a, some offsite meeting or I'm internally talking about stuff or, you know, I, I'm not changed to my desk, thankfully. Um, so it could be a little bit of a delay. Sometimes I don't, I prefer someone when like doesn't speak to me directly, like calls because if someone needs something urgent and we're both in meetings throughout the day, then we never end mm-hmm. up talking. And so I do agree, like, if it's important and you happen to be at your desk and it, it works perfectly, but what happens when you're, like, two ships passing in the night and you never get to connect? I like that the email is there so that when I am sitting at my desk, I'll respond to you even though you're not there, and then you'll have it when I'm in another meeting. Right. So I, I do f- like the yeah, sometimes think- for that. I mean, it depends on what the, the situation is and what the context of it is. But Yeah, I agree that email helps things moving along despite whatever your schedule is. Right. Because, yeah, you're, you're there from 10 to 11, and I'm out, and I'm back at 4. And, you know, we sort of, but everything still is getting done because we have this other mode of communication that's keeping the information flowing. Absolutely. Um, What about kind of where does instant messaging fall into the mix? Uh, Because the way that I think about it is I know if I have something that I need to talk to you about sometime today, uh, the way that I, I guess the way I think about it is uh, I might send you an instant message, even if I know you're not at your desk. Because you get that little bouncy thing, you know, in your tray. And hopefully we can talk about that today. An email, I don't necessarily have to get a response same day. But the instant message is like, okay, I know you might be away. But when you get back to it or if I get back to my desk, okay, I'll check those. Does that – where does that fall into the matrix? Yeah, I think – my opinion of instant messaging is if I if I like know you're there and I just need a quick question. Like I'll do this to Randy a lot. Hey, Randy, like uh, I want to ask you a fast question on this job blah, blah, blah. And it's like three lines back and forth and then we're done about it. But we didn't have to get up. Right. So we can still be doing whatever else you're doing. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely leave like messages for people as if it were like a little voicemail, kind of like, hey, I need you when you get a second. I want to talk about this media plan or whatever. And then when they have time, they come find me. Maybe, yeah, maybe it replaces the little post-it note that I leave on your desk. Yeah. <laughs> the, kind of the new, the, the digital version of that. Um, what about, okay, so Randy, I'm sure this happens to you a lot. You will spend... A lot, a lot of time and energy putting together information into an email or into a diary note into our project management system to kind of make take account of what was said in the meeting or provide information. And you know, I bet if I asked you right now, you could tell me all the people that you know don't read the emails that you send. Uh, the it, you know the the in modern internet speak the phrase TLDR 
too long, didn't read, which infuriates me whenever <laughs> I see somebody say that because then they tend to opine on something anyway. You, there's a long email and they have an opinion, but they can't be bothered to read right. the whole thing that might answer their question. So they right. just say, TLDR, I didn't read what you said, but here's what I think. Um, how Does that drive you as nuts as it drives me? It does, for sure. I think I've gotten used to it, though, and I know that sounds awful, but like I understand that certain people are so busy that that's just not their first priority, especially with like work imaging and diary notes. I know there's a lot of senior level account execs that they're not supposed to be in the day to day with projects. So I know sometimes they might miss notes, not because they're intentionally not reading things, but because they have other people that are, are looking at that kind of stuff. And so they might ask me a question that I have answered over a D note, but they haven't just got into it yet or just felt like that. No, probably didn't have the information they need. So I've kind of like, I get other people's position and why they might not be reading everything. Um, I know that personally my emails are way too long. And so I'm working to like figure out how to, you know, condense them. And I think the account team has actually done a really great job with their meeting notes. And I'm trying to like mimic how I sort of do like next steps. We're like highlighting people's names so that the like most important information for that person is like front and center. Um, So I I guess, yes, it bothers me, but Mm -hmm. I understand why it happens. Uh, So well, that's a really good point. Yeah. And for those for the uninitiated, Workamajig is our project management tool uh, that we're all logged into every day. And diary notes are just another way that we can kind of another right. place for us to put information that everybody here is used to looking at. But I think you bring up a really good point that it's 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 not necessarily the tool that's bad. It but because we can evolve in the way that we use it. Right. Uh, you know, we can change the way that we use email. We can change the expectation. Uh, so that we are we are using its strengths, but staying away from its its weaknesses, which is as we've all discussed. You know, you don't understand, you don't get tone, you don't convey sarcasm very well, and people can get all kinds of hurt feelings if they mm-hmm. read something in the wrong way. Um, which I think, again, Katrin, back to your point, is why it's so important when you're starting a relationship to have that. You have to know somebody first. You have to understand their face to face, understand their sense of humor, yeah. know how they beat, know how they think, and then I think you can have a more successful digital version of that relationship because you can hear their voice in your head. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I have one client and she knows who she is where we send like puppy photos back and forth (laughs) to each other when we're having a good day or, you know, something's going crazy. I say, feel better. Here you go. Here's a puppy. But I I would never do that with other clients, maybe any other client. Um, But yeah, you do. But I know her very well. So, you know, you have to establish that relationship in person, exactly as you said, to have it like an extension of it in a digital. Because when I'm first meeting someone, my my emails and messages to them are very, not overly formal and professional, but like definitely just very like nice. And this is the information and thank you very much and have a great day and all of that. And then you can sort of get a personality over time. Right. Yeah. Same thing with IMs too. Like a lot of people here, you know, communicate almost solely in like emojis, which is fine because <laughs> I know them and I know what that means. Like dancing man means thanks. And, you know, smiling face palm is like, oh, I agree with you. That was crazy or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, like, so even though you, internally we have like our own communication styles too with each other, which I think is important to once you've been here. I mean, I've worked at Situation for three and a half years. Um, so I sort of feel like I know everybody and I know who I can joke with and how and all that stuff. So, um, but it's good. It makes it more fun. Well, uh, speaking of that, Randy, I, I still remember something that you called me on in instant <laughs> message probably years ago at this point, but I, I had a habit of always starting the instant message by right. saying somebody's name. I'd be like, hi, Randy. <laughs> yeah. And you, you kind of, I don't remember exactly how you did it. It was not in a mean way, but you basically said, 
you know, you know, you don't have to do that because <laughs> I can see that it's you and you know that it's me. So you don't have to identify yourself. And I was like, oh yeah, I really don't have to say that. But I, I still, I don't know. I can't break myself of it because it's just, I, I with you, I try not to <laughs> specifically. And with others I do too. But, and again, you didn't do it in a mean way, but you were like, oh, I never, it never occurred to me not to have a salutation. Yeah, I I always do that. Is that weird? I always do that. I don't know. I guess because my mom does it too, like when she calls me, like, hi, Randy. And it's like, like, I don't know. Well, no, but you're right. It's a a holdover from a day. For those of us who are old enough to live before caller ID, you didn't know who it was. But but in most things now, you know, and even, uh, you know, even in emails, you can see who it's to and who it's from. But I think there is a... You know, I'm kind of proud of the fact that, again, yeah, I still try to use the rules of grammar and etiquette yeah. in, in these new forms of communication. Yeah. Although uh, I have to admit, I've since I got the Apple Watch, I've been using the Hey Siri feature a lot more. And I've oh. already seen that I've become less friendly to Siri. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I used to be very polite to her when I talked to her. <laughs> and now I just say, give me this is set timer five minutes. You know, it's like <laughs> I used to be very, very pleasant to her. So I think... It's an interesting development as we have more of these tools. But but agreed, you don't want to waste time mm-hmm. on things that aren't necessary uh, in different forms of communication. And I think the more immediate ones, um, yeah, people are so busy and they're being pulled in so many different directions. Yeah. And speci- specifically with uh, IMs, I try to – I realize that they're an interruption. Like I'm popping mm-hmm. my head up and this person's yeah. desktop being like, hi, pay attention to me. <laughs> right. So I try to be very clear, like I'll say – you know, hey, Mara, I have a question about this specific media plan. You know, here's my question. Sort of give it all to them so they know it's not like this, hey, how are you? Right. I'm good. How are you? What's your question? Like, you know, because you're just like, this, I'm interrupting you because I need something from you. So here's the request. And then if they don't get back to me right away, they have all the information right there in front of them so they know what I'm looking for versus like, hey, are you there? You know, so I try to just put it all out there because I know that it's an interruption because I also – sort of dislike when people just appear at my desk, which people know about me who work with me for a while. Um, so I, but I think of the, I am in the same way, like I'm interrupting you. I'm just approaching you. Like you can ignore me cause it's an, I am. So it's a little less than just like plopping yourself down at my desk. Um, which is fine when people do it. I'm not saying people shouldn't do that to the coworkers who are listening. It's fine. Um, but so I, I try to be, you know, cognizant of how communication is disrupting your flow, which is also why, like you said earlier, Peter, if it's you don't need an answer right away, an email is fine because it can sit in your inbox for a day, a couple hours, whatever, until you get to it. I'm not expecting you to look at that. But, you know, the IM is more like, hi, I need this kind of right now because I'm working on something. Can you help me out? So I try to just be very, make it as quick as possible and as painless for the other person to help me out. Do you guys ever, and there are certain companies I know that that try to institute this, but do you personally ever... Uh, enforce for yourselves, either personally or professionally, a blackout of all digital communication. I know, Randy, you just celebrated a birthday over the weekend. Oh, and yes. you, did you did you shut yourself off? I mean, maybe not personally, but hopefully professionally you did. But do you, would you ever contemplate just kind of 100% turning everything off for a period of time? At work or? Either. either. Well, I mean, I definitely did not, or I definitely checked messages yesterday right. because especially having one day off, I know that the things that were happening yesterday were still going to affect me today. So Mm. I wanted to be prepared for them. I do block out on my calendar. And I actually think, Peter, you mentioned this in another podcast where like you put a block out where like, you know, you need time to do something and you don't want someone to necessarily schedule a meeting over it. But I still, within that time, 
would still be responding to emails and links. I just think for my job specifically, especially when I'm dealing with fast-paced production projects, that is important to be able to respond to people quickly, as, especially if I'm like waiting for assets from them or especially a designer has a question and they can't move forward without me helping them. That sometimes if I go off the grid completely or especially when I'm in back-to-back meetings, it, it does stall the process. Mm. So... You are you are the lubrication that keeps the things yeah, turning, but again, the machine which, working. Which is difficult when there are also things that I need to do that are like, I need three hours of mm-hmm. time to do this one thing and I can't find the time in the day to do it because all these other moving pieces and I have to be there for other people or else that other thing won't get done. So it's hard to prioritize and like pick and choose mm-hmm. who to talk to and when and who to respond to. Right. And how do I know their question, especially when they just say, hey, is this like an emergency thing and they're waiting for me to respond right. to then tell me? Or is it something that's like, I just need to speak to you at some point today? Or they wasted your time by saying, hi, Randy. Right. Like, happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Patron, what about you? Um, communication blackouts. So <laughs> when I go on vacation, I try to really be gone. Like, especially gone. if I'm yeah, away vacation. for a week. Yeah. Like, I took a vacation in April, which was great. And I was actually out of the country. So I was like, bye. <laughs> they, sorry, guys. And I did check in on the email, um, you know, in the hotel in the morning to kind of read. But I didn't respond and I just just again so you kind of keep keep up with what's happening but if anything was you know happening I just everyone here is very smart and everyone can function right. without me it's okay um I'm not that important so <laughs> you know everything was fine and you know for me it was more of a like I didn't want to come back to a thousand unread emails and not know what was important so checking in for half an hour in the morning just to literally go through and mark things is like okay I don't need to deal with that it's over right. was was the way that I choose to manage that but you know I didn't respond to people. I didn't jump into conversations. And that was really helpful for me. I think when you're on vacation, just taking that mental break from communication. And I don't even think I really posted on social media or anything. Maybe like one photo of like, this is me and my Mai Tai at the beach. But like, (laughs) that's okay. Uh, Your windscreen just fell off your microphone. For those of you who are wondering what that noise was, uh, it wasn't a Mai Tai crashing against the microphone. Yeah. Uh, well, I think what you said is something that's really very smart about people here being smart. Right. I do appreciate as well. Uh, I remember when I first started at Situation, I was brand new. I was still learning the, situ- uh, the, the communication tools. And there was one person who's no longer at the agency, but I remember uh, I didn't know all about the, all the diary notes that I was supposed to be reading or I wasn't on certain jobs. And I remember very vividly this person kind of waited until the 11th hour for something that she needed and said, I put this in the diary days ago and she knew that I, I yeah. was new mm-hmm. and I, it was, it was a gotcha. It was a gotcha moment and it was very passive aggressive and it was very much, well, I did my part. I, I put it out into the world, but if you didn't reply to it, I'm not at fault. And I just, that drives me bonkers. Yeah, or that's or when I would walk around and I'll hear people say, well, I put it in the diary note. I put it. If you are not getting what you need, you have to, have to, it is on you to go and talk to that person. Absolutely. Yeah. It is on you to, to make sure that, you know, never, never blame the tool because that's uh it's a, there's a, there's a proverb there somewhere. It's a poor craftsman who blames his tools or something. Like yeah. That. yeah. Um, well, Katrin and Randy, thank you for communicating with me today on the podcast. It's been a really fun conversation. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, this is great. Thanks, Peter. All right. If you guys, our listeners, have any feedback and want to communicate with us, please send an email to podcast at situation.myc. We would love to hear from you, and uh, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.